0: Hello and welcome to The First Exchange with me, your host, Lydia de Dahl. 26 episodes deep, episode 26 about to kick off. Um, another great one. Listen, I say it every week, but I mean, I'm just so happy with everyone that we get on to this show every week because they're just incredible characters and incredible people. Um, before I get going on who's on in the hot seat today, uh, just a massive thank you. Um, as always, to everyone, the messages are flying in now. Um, of, you know, well done, the show is great, listening to the podcast, gone back to listen to the first episode, love what you're doing, just found you, my friend sent it on, all these messages, lads, it's absolutely fantastic, so thank you so much. Um, Last weekend, the response has been incredible, Um, uh, we had Tony Duffin on, who was obviously the CEO of uh, the Anna Liffey uh drug project and it was the first time that there was kind of a different shift in the people that were getting in touch so there was loads of kind of you know people that are in business and the corporate world that were like retweeting and messaging me and saying like you've done a really good job it was a really great interview um you know tony spoke well you spoke very you know great on the subject and you know the listener obviously would have learned a lot so that that kind of feedback helps us helps me to know that we're doing a good job and that um you guys are are enjoying the content that that we're putting out um so thank you very much and please continue because um I, I love doing this podcast, and I want as many people as as possible to hear it um but without further ado, it is episode twenty six and today's guest—it was so randomly that um, he's in the chair. Uh, I had seen him cropping up on my Instagram feeds for so long, with people like Damian Dempsey, the ads from Versatile. Um, you know, there was talk of of uh, he of oh, the sea swimming that he's doing. He's he's and character-wise, he looks fantastic. Massive big white beard is always out in the 40s. 40 foot uh, doing a bit of swimming um, so I was just like intrigued who is this character that has all these wonderful musicians and uh, you know the Irish rugby team and all these great people around him and I was sat with um, a friend of mine Audrey Coakley and I was asking her listen who, who will I get on she said yeah you know I have this friend called Jonathan and he owns a cafe in Rathmines, and I think he would be a fantastic guest for you and I said, he doesn't have a white beard, big beard, does he? And she said, he absolutely does. And it was the same person that we were both thinking of and talking about. And um, so it was Jonathan Smith, who is the owner of Ernesto's coffee shop in Ratmines. And to those of you listening that are just hearing about him now, you might think, hmm, I don't know him. He owns a coffee shop. Well, what's he doing? Uh, it's much more than a coffee shop. He's um, bringing a new wave of community and togetherness and connection to coffee shops, not only in you know the daily practice of serving coffee and, and tea and food and what have you, but he's also now bringing musicians to play for charity um, into the cafe, people like Damien Dempsey, Chrissy Moore, Danny from the Coronas. Uh, he just recently had John Connors in to do his one-man show, Ireland's Call. Um, he has a, a new show called Weekend Warrior coming up with Tony Doyle. All these new up-and-coming actors who need a place to, to get out their craft um, so we got him in to talk about how he got started in this and also what brought him to sea swimming and, and how that affects him and how how uh, he incorporates that into his daily life. And he's got, as I expected, an incredible story. So without further ado, it is episode 26 of The First Exchange with Jonathan Smith, a.k.a. or most commonly known owner of Ernesto's Cafe in Bratmines.
1: Jonathan
0: Smith. Welcome. How are
1: you?
0: How are how you? Are you? Good, very good, thank you. Thank you so much
1: for coming in. You're welcome. I'm delighted to get you in. It's a good time of
0: year for you, Santa. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> glad to be here. doing the work. Listen, how many times at Christmas did you get pulled over by children asking where you're Santa or do you? That big beard.
1: Many, a couple of years ago we did Santa in Arnott's.
0: No way. Yeah,
1: and we've got a lot of work as a result of that. Brilliant. So we we do a lot of stuff from the Santa work but the the pennies derived from the Santa we give it away to charity and uh, a lot of people help us out. I do the Santa but a lot of people help me out.
0: No way. See I was only guessing that you'd done Santa. I didn't know that you actually did Santa. Actually. Brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) So what came first? Santa or the beard?
1: (laughs) Uh the beard came first, yeah, yeah. And uh, someone came into the house a couple of years ago, and they said, "What does your wife think of your beard?" And I said, "Listen, I'm 55. I don't <laughs> need permission, you know." And yeah. uh, my my little one jumped up. She's 12. Lily jumped up, and she said, uh, "It's my beard. My daddy's wearing it. He's never shaving it." Good and I said, stuff. That's it, Lily, there's your answer. I said, "Yeah, so the beard's staying."
0: Yeah. Have you been growing it a long time? Five years. Wow, that's yeah. impressive for five years, isn't yeah. it?
1: My, I, miracle girl. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they'll be all out trying it now. <laughs> well, listen, it's great to get you in. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was just explaining to you before, um, I have obviously this is episode twenty six, and I'm trying to get an eclectic bunch of different characters, personalities, and people to come on and talk about their life experiences and different things. Sure. And um, a very good friend of mine, Audrey Coakley, whose mm. son I've done lots of work with because mm-hmm. he's a Muay Thai champion. Sending, yeah. Uh, Craig, sending, okay. Senon is the is Selin's the youngest. Sending is sending is coming, and he will be a world champion. They're good lads. They're very good lads, but Craig's in the middle, mm-hmm. and. Um, I was in the car with Audrey and um, her husband, and I was saying, Who would I on? You know everyone, come on now. <laughs> and she was going, Do you know Sean? You know, no, be good. And they were two more talking amongst themselves. And she said, um, Jonathan, and he owns this uh, coffee shop in Ratmines, mm-hmm. great character, and he does the sea swimming. I think he'd be good. And then I just said, "He does have a big beard, does he?" And she said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I said, "I know him, and I knew you from your face from Instagram because mm-hmm. I'd seen you popping up out swimming out in the forty foot with like loads of musicians. Sure, Damien Dempsey. You mm-hmm. had the lads from Versatile in the in the co- coffee shop. Yeah. Um, all these amazing characters. Like Roy, there's a reason why all these people are around you, and and you you're cropping up with them. Um, so it was like, good opportunity to get you in and, and 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 dig deeper and find out what it is and what's going on. So let's start from the beginning. Hey, w- talk to me about the, the coffee shop for one, because it seems like it's much more than just a coffee shop. It fe- feels like it's a very much a community center. Mm-hmm. And there's something a little bit more important than just cu- pouring a cup of coffee that you're doing or that you're trying to do out there.
1: Sure, Lydia. Yeah, yeah. Um... We were in Caden for most of my life, you know, and uh, about, well, about 20 years ago, I was over in Cuba fishing with my son, you know, Mm. and uh, we we, we started to help our young musicians over there who were struggling, you know, my son asked me what could we do to help those kids and I said I didn't know and what, what, what we did was the locals in Cuba had this CD That was produced locally. It was like a CD. You'd record on a CD writer. Yeah. And uh, the cover for the CD was like something you would make up from a stereo box. Mm -hmm. So I said to he said What would we do to help him? I said I don't know. So what we did was we came back and. at the time, we came back and I got the CD reproduced by people in the independent news and media group. And uh, we put it on sale and we raised our £2,000 from the sale of the CD. So what we did was we bought musical instruments from the sale of the CD and we sent out the musical instruments. So what it meant was that the kids out there, essentially, they funded their own. Guitars that we sent out yeah, through yeah. the sale of the CD, and then we kept doing this stuff in Cuba for many, many years. Glenn Hanser and Damien Dempsey, and many Christy Moore, many people have come and played in the cafe and helped me out. But about five, six years ago, we left the I and M Group and we set up this cafe, Ernestos, and the name Ernestos comes from all the people we knew in Cuba, going back over all the years. And we collected a lot of artwork and artefacts from our trips to Cuba. Mm. And hence the fact that was the name Ernesto's and that's where the cafe came to be. Wow. And when we set up the cafe, we wanted to, uh, I suppose, have an input within community that to, to we there in a living, but also contribute to our community also, you know.
0: Incredible. Hmm. And the trip to Cuba, was that just a holiday or had you gone with the intention of kind of just finding out about what was going on there? Or was this all just kind of like a a happy accident or was it kind of pre-planned?
1: Yeah, I suppose that's quite a good way of putting a bit of a happy accident. I mean, we we went over to do a bit of fishing. I was always interested in the the socialist side of the way they lived over there and the way they survived during the embargo, and and the, the way that they constantly reinvent themselves, you know, they're, yeah. they're amazing people, and yet they they have many many things that work so well, and they have many things that don't work at all. But mm. like every country has that, yeah. So when when we started to help them in the first year, we were there for a while, and then we went over for near near a month every year for nearly fifteen years.
0: Wow. Mm. So imagine in that time you're creating like massive connections with people over there, and. Sure. You know, was it a case that every year that you were going back, you were going to the same location and you were meeting the same people? And, you know, that's in itself is a very, um, it's its lovely, you know what I mean? That you can go halfway around the world and you can connect with people mm. and to have the excitement on both parts of yeah. you going and them having you arrive. You mm. know, that's something that's very special.
1: Well, we, we went over, Lydia, at the start to help out the kids over there. but mm. really... What what we got from it was huge, you know. It, it installed so much good values within my kids. Yeah, you know, it gave them good moral compass, moral fibre, an awareness of what goes on outside of their own country. Mm. You know, and uh, yeah, it worked. How both old ways. How old was your
0: son when he went over with you the first time? No way! Mm, wow, mm, mm. so very young.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. He's twenty four now, that kid. He's a in Northala hospital, you know?
0: No. So way. I think
1: it's stuck to him that the, yeah. the foundation it's given him. Yeah. I couldn't have purchased that in any college.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. And was that something that um As a father or as a person, is that something that you kind of, you you subconsciously said, right, I want to expose him to these kind of, you know, outside of of his comfort zone, I suppose, or outside of his living, his Mm -hmm. environment at home. Is that something that um, you experienced growing up or was it something that you lacked? And then when you had kids, you were like, okay, well, this is something that I want to provide for my children.
1: It was definitely something that that I would have lacked growing up. Yeah, but but as I grew older, you know, the, the, your needs and your wants become different. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it would be something that I would have, have wanted to install in my own kids without shadow of a doubt. Yeah, you know, and these opportunities came along. I suppose we grabbed them with both hands. You know, mm. yeah, we did. Yeah,
0: amazing. That's yeah. a that's a wonderful story. I didn't know that at all. Mm. What was some of the when you think back of like obviously it's all good good memories and good moments but what are the the peaks what are some of the highlights that stand out for you in those 15 years
1: um without a shadow of a doubt uh about 2006 we had brought so many instruments into into the school in this place called uh remedios was the name of the town it was the seventh town that was uh i suppose developed by the conquistadors mm-hmm. at the time and uh We brought these musical instruments into the school and um, the principal of the school got up and he said that it was the 50th anniversary of the Cuban Revolution. And he said it was also the 90th anniversary of the 1916 Rising. And he said, here are these people here, an act of solidarity with us, you know, and Mm. I really felt humbled by that. And and I I was also surprised that he knew those facts. Mm. I wondered how many... Kids in this country would know their own facts. Yeah, about what the men in this country gave yeah. for Ireland, you know, and uh, yeah, it, it, that that particular point that was very emotional to hear mm. that, especially away in another country, you know. Yeah. But that particular point, more than others. Um, two years ago, we had about two, three hundred euros left over. Uh, from from one of the, from the explorers we did on that particular year, mm. where where we went to, went to buy more instruments in Cuba that we couldn't actually bring over at the time, so we decided to purchase them over there, and 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 the shops hadn't got enough instruments that we needed, so we gave the three hundred euro to this local boxing club in Santa Clara to get the club done up, but the years prior to that. That uh, boxing club had trained the gold medalists, Julio Cesar, who won a gold medal at the previous Olympics. Yet they couldn't even paint their own club. Wow,
0: you know? that's incredible.
1: Mm, so things like that.
0: Yeah, that's 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 very, uh, and it's something that um, I mean, even that that trickles down to like we'll say the the boxing clubs I- even in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean, around the world, like a lot of people don't understand that a lot of clubs are like that in Mm -hmm. that they can't afford the paint on the walls, but what they're churning out in terms of not only champions, but, you know, uh, well-rounded citizens. You know what I mean? When you see the impact that something like boxing has on a child or a young adult, you'd wonder why governments don't pump in all their money to it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, I mean... So when you contribute I mean I, I don't really know an awful lot about boxing per se yeah. it was just we had the pennies there I'd met a guy who was involved in the boxing club in Santa Clara mm-hmm. he, he was the coach for Julio Cesar he asked us could we come down and help out now you want to see this place it was, it was abysmal to say the least you know yeah, yeah. but like, when you help out on a community level mm-hmm. you know it, it's, it's my belief that and I've said this many times before that if you contribute to your community mm-hmm. it's like a patchwork quilt Yes. It'll all knit together, mm. and, and then ev- everyone everyone will 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 sow reap the growth of those seeds yeah. that are sown. But you know, if you if you bring a, if you have a business in a community, or you, you can earn a living from your community, it's your obligation to give mm. back to that community. Yeah, I believe that.
0: I believe that too, and it's something that I've I've spoke about uh, quite a few times on the podcast. In that, w- especially with like different musicians and stuff that we've had come in, and you know about their, you know, guys that look. Like, we had, for example, Lethal Dialect, Paul Allwright, in here yeah. uh, uh, two weeks ago, and mm, you know, I know Paul. do you know Paul? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was talking about his struggle, Do you know what I mean? And how many times he's come to saying, "Right, I don't have to pack this in and just, yeah. you know." bow down to society and get the full time job and just forget about this dream do you know what I mean and how accomplished he is and how many young talents look up to him mm-hmm. and he's the reason why a lot of our young talents like people like Versatile are doing what they're doing mm-hmm. so he's a key member of our society but yes he still has that you know um, uh, thing inside where he's like you know should I just pack it in and what we were discussing was it's the duty of the musicians who've gone before him and who've made it and who are successful to to give back in some way and to create a platform or create something that garners or or prospers young talents.
1: Sure. I I, I think a lot of well-known musicians in Ireland given an opportunity would help out Mm. other musicians without a shadow of a doubt. You know, uh, but yeah, you know, it, and it, it's it's hard. Like, there's a fella like that, and Paul, he'd probably think, you know, it'd be a better drop throwing the towel in, go yeah. and get a stable income. I know after the last album that I think he told me that he only got one or two gigs the following year. Yeah. I mean, that will be heartbreaking for anybody because yeah. you, you can't go along to Volvo the phone and say, listen, I can't pay my bill. You're yeah. <laughs> just waiting
0: for a gig to put yeah, a roll in. I've
1: only two gigs, yeah. But I think. It, for your own well-being, your own self-esteem, mm. if you can balance out stick in what you believe in. Mm. And sure, you may have to take up a part-time job or whatever as well, but I think to stick to what you believe in, don't sell out. Yeah. Because if you do that, you're going to feel worse.
0: Absolutely. And is there a connection with you for within music? You know, were you a musician? Are you just a fan of music? How did the, the, the connection with you and music come into play?
1: Um, I was just a fan of music, you mm. know. Uh I mean, we've had a lot of good gigs in the cafe over mm-hmm. the years. So
0: sorry to interrupt you, John. No, no. But For our viewer or for our listeners that are listening, um, what what is the setup in the cafe? You're in Rap Minds, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you're doing food, you're doing coffee, mm-hmm. um, and then what you have like weekly kind of uh, singer songwriter nights, or what's what's the setup? Give them a, a visual of what's going on.
1: Okay, so we have it's a small it's a it's small Cuban type of themed cafe. It's called Ernesto's and we do like we do sandwiches and salads and we've a hot special every day and we do really, really good teas and coffees. Lovely. And there's a lovely feel in the cafe. It's mm. more about the atmosphere and the feel. People say that when they come in there they feel like they're going on holidays, you know. Yeah. And that lifts my spirits, you know. Mm. Because we try to create a good vibe based on the feeling that we got from those things that we put in the cafe from Cuba, you know. Yeah. And uh we started holding one or two gigs. Mm. Um, Damien Dempsey was a friend of mine. He's just, he still is. is. We, we, we had a gig in the cafe. Christy Moore played in the cafe in town when we had the cafe in town. John Spillane came. Yeah. And then when we moved to Rap Minds, we've had so many gigs. And we had about four gigs a year. Mm. like Dally from the Coronas came one night and he brought he brought well the whole band except the drum we couldn't fit the drum kit in <laughs> like our cafe only fits about 20-30 people no but for a gig we get about 70 and now they're wedged I like,
0: it with Damien Dempsey and Christy Moore I can say you do
1: health and safety health <laughs> and safety it had me put the key in the door but the cafe in Rap Mines now Christy played in the in the cafe when I was in town yeah. but but in Rap Mines we had the Coronas came to play one night and uh, that particular gig on the fourth night, we gave it to the Capuchin Day Centre because yeah. we felt that we had been doing the Cuban stuff for about fifteen years, yeah. and maybe it had run its natural course, you know. Yeah. So we decided that we'd ha- have have a gig where, this boy, we would just give it away to a social entity, yeah. pick something that would say the artists would pick it, or I would pick it, or we pick it together. Yeah, you know. So so we picked the so the the the. What they call Capuchin Day Centre, and he came along, Dally, and he brought Roshi and O came, and he brought Mary Black, the whole lot, unreal. And they all came on one night, and somebody, how did you get them in here? I said, I just opened the door. Yeah, but when you, when you, (laughs) when you have people like that coming,
0: yeah,
1: the other people followed.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, you
1: know. Like and it's had, good
0: energy, Jonathan. Do you oh, know what I mean? It's, it's good energy. That's what it is. People know good energy. Good people know good energy. That's the, what it is.
1: The buzz that's in the cafe prior and the weeks even after it's unreal. Yeah. Like on the night that Damien Dempsey played, about a few weeks before that gig, I met Glen Hansard in Vicker Street, and he got up and he did a gig. He did a, a song with Damo mm. and I said, "Why don't you come along and support Demo?" Riley said, "I will." And the, and the two of them played on one night no way yeah you couldn't couldn't make it up
0: you couldn't make that up no do you know for someone to walk past and to look in your door <laughs> and see Glenn Hansard and Damon's Dempsey yeah. in a cafe in Rathmines like that is mm. like incredible stuff
1: yeah we, like you said we've had now I think the Coronas have played I think twice or three times mm. now but Damon has played nearly every year for the last four years or thereabouts you know Uh And we've we've one or two imminent things, hopefully, coming down the track, hopefully.
0: Oh, I see it in your face, something exciting happening.
1: Well, I we need final confirmation, but we have, we have, (laughs) have, we're hoping to have a a women's night. Oh, very good. Yeah, for the banana herding.
0: Oh, very good. <laughs> well, you'll have to give me a heads up on give that. Give me the heads up. Give me the lady. heads because sure. I'm only in Ranulph, so I'm looking forward to heading over. Ah, you're
1: practically neighbours.
0: Yeah, we're neighbours. I'll be over to you for a coffee. Um, so, like again, what I said to you know when we started about this whole community feel and the importance mm. in a in a society now where everything seems so. You know commercial and lost and you know there's no real sense of identity or community anymore stuff like what you're doing is so important sure um do you find that you know obviously you mentioned damo and christy but you also have people like we'll say versatile the mm. guys um uh, uh eskimo god why am i calling them eskimo yeah. i can't remember the name alex. alex sorry alex yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you find now that the younger generation are starting to, to take notice and be like, okay, what's going on here? Or let's, let's float in. Or how is all this coming about? Are you actively going out and saying, come on up to the cafe? Or what's going on?
1: No, no. Um, Alex went to school with my son. Well, and, like, I know him like since he's six or seven. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, well, and
0: that and itself, how is that for yeah. you, knowing him since he's a child? Well, he's just a
1: lad. I just see him as a, a lad doing yeah. well, and he's a gentleman. Yeah, he is. You know, like, the stuff they sing about Dublin satire, they're not they're not really yeah. like that at but all. But the thing about Alex is
0: he's incredibly intelligent.
1: Uh, very much so. His
0: visual eye is incredible, mm, and mm. It's, it's, it's something that, because of the satire and stuff, maybe a lot of people don't realise how smart and how oh, clever those. Yeah, he attack, yeah. It's absolutely fantastic, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's crazy that he went to school with your son.
1: Yeah, Alex went to school with my son and the producer, Evan Kennedy, is probably my son's best friend. No way. Now, Evan produces, writes all the music and yeah. w- when you look at Versatile on stage, he's the fella at the back on the decks.
0: On the decks, the forgotten lad in yeah. the back.
1: Ah, but he he's needs so to get
0: a bit more, uh, get him out the front there more often.
1: That lad is so talented, you know. He mm. had an album called of X and Y when he was 15 and he wrote and played every single instrument on that album. Wow. Produced it himself at 15 years old.
0: Wow, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, he's incredible, incredible.
0: That's amazing.
1: And him and Casper Walsh, are gas lads, you know. They're brilliant. But good, respectful young lads and <laughs> yeah. uh, they come yeah. into the cafe a lot and, you know, if, if they put something up on Instagram when yeah. they're in the cafe... The amount of young people that are right down to the shop. It's like, it's unbelievable.
0: It's crazy, right? Now, and it's, it's, that's brilliant for you, but I, I remember, um, because I uh, uh, have a company called Fight Connect TV so we we mm-hmm. cover uh, combat sports events sure and uh, so I do post fight interviews and stuff so Casey and um, you know a couple of the guys that are in Outburst yeah uh, Baba Chimp yeah, Dara, yeah, yeah Jay so they all tie box so for years I'm interviewing them you know and then I started so I started seeing Casey like kind of all done up in his gear you know and I was like Jesus he's looking well you know there's Alex and stuff And then a couple months later, I just seen screaming girls everywhere. I was like, what is going on Mm. here? Someone's saying, oh, the lads, they're from Versatile. Hmm. I was like, that's Casey and bleeding the lads. (laughs) And they were like, no, they're really big. They're they're in hip hop. And I watched, I think it was Ketman, their video Ketman that they had online. And I was like, this is incredible. And now, even if Casey jumps in, if I'm doing an interview and he jumps in and he goes, in the screen or something. If I put that online, my hits go through the roof. Mm. It's very good. It's good for us all. <laughs> well, I
1: mean, like I said, they, they come into the cafe and we're, we're delighted to have them in. They're, they're, yeah. And they're great lads. But, you know, I see them as lads I knew when you were growing up and, yeah. and they're doing really well. Mm. And the fact that they're doves and, and I'm proud of them as Irish lads doing well. Yeah. It's simple as that.
0: Absolutely. How many kids do you have? Three. Ah, oh, what were their ages?
1: So Aaron's twenty four. He's yeah. twenty four tomorrow actually, and Connor's seventeen, and Lily is twelve. Wow! Surprise package came along. I'd say
0: there's a big drop.
1: Beer's all in the ass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but I tell you,
1: real to help Lydia. I would I imagine. Don't yeah. you know it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful name is that Lily. <laughs> um, so from there, then, how did we get on to? Because I only saw, you know, from uh, uh, social media as well, mm. you out at the forty for doing a bit of swimming. Mm. And I was like, love it. I love anyone that's, that's out in, in all weather getting, getting mm. their, their swim on. And then just before we were chatting here, I didn't know that you were representing Ireland.
1: Well, I took up the swimming about 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I gave up drinking and all these stuff like that many, many, 20 odd years ago. Can I it, ask,
0: It was it, did you choose to, or was it, a, I have to?
1: It was bogging me down. I was sort of yeah. struggling with a bit of anxiety and depression, and it was mm-hmm. exacerbating all these things. Yeah. You know, I went through a trauma in school as a kid that took off a beating off a man, wow. and it, it spoiled me into addiction, do you know? Wow. So I got myself right through various. There's various forms of help that people can go to. Yeah. You know, there's 12 steps people can go to. There's holistic programs. Mm. There's all types of counseling people can go for. And everyone it has to find their own way, yeah. you know. But I got help with stuff and I sorted myself out. But I was 10 years clean and sober and I was doing well. And then my mother passed away from, you know, she had dementia. And yeah. I started to get these pains in my chest really, really bad, you know. Mm. And uh, I've been out of everything for a long time. And, uh the woman who I had worked with, she'd worked with me in the Indo. Now she was small, she was about five foot two, mm. about seven, eight stone. And she said to me, do you ever go swimming in the sea? Yeah, he said, with, 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 with the kids. Now I had only two kids at the time. Yeah, I said, we, 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 we'll iron out Connor and we get one of those balmy days out in Kiliney in July and August. And this is about March, April. Mm. She goes, no. She goes, like, now." I said are you mental yeah. and that, that, that was what I said to her yeah. Maura was her name she's a lovely woman and I owe, I owe me life to that woman in, in, in a certain respect Yeah, you know mm. uh, so, so she said to me but you're telling me you're feeling this you're feeling that she goes why don't you give it a go she mm. said I'll put to you this way when you hit that cold water just momentarily that, that hit of that cold water all you'll be thinking of is breathing and staying alive yeah. so you know momentarily it's going to work for, for a moment Mm. so all you got to do is lean into it so in the months prior to that I hadn't slept longer in any one go for an hour and a half and I was tortured I was going to bed at night exhausted and I'd go to bed at 11, 12 o'clock and I'd be awake every hour and a half and my mother passed away at ten past four I was always awake at that time because you don't understand what's going on the subconscious mind is doing oh. som- doing somersaults yeah you absolutely know? so what happened was I went out and I, I dived in that day mm. and I was working out that day by Monkstown and I was that on that particular day with my brother and I dived in I swear to Jesus I was going to die I dived in, I couldn't breathe and I walked out and I got a bit emotional and this man was there and he was obviously a well-seasoned swimmer, who I know now, mm. said to me, all right? I said, my mother's had to pass away a few months ago, I'm, I'm not in good shape and mm. I I said, a woman recommended I come and swim and try it out and give it a go. He goes, just walk back in with me, he said, Just take a deep breath, hold your breath, exhale very, very slowly, bit by bit by bit, it's okay. So I walked in with him. And we walked back out. And I went home that night and I slept for five, six hours. Wow. Now I was thinking maybe it was a bit of placebo effect. I wasn't quite sure, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. But uh, as the few days passed, I was sleeping a little better. And I said, Geez, maybe there's something in this. Mm. I didn't know what it was, but it, it, it's quite painful to get into cold water when you're not used to it.
0: Yeah, you absolutely. Know?
1: I mean, some people go <laughs> do it in the summer, never mind in March.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: But anyway, I uh, I went out the following week and I stuck with it nearly, I wouldn't say every week at that time, mm. but every two weeks anyway. And when the summer came, I went once a week. And by the time a year had passed, the time, the momentum was growing within me. Yeah. And I was going probably five, six nights a week in the summer. And I was going definitely once a week in the winter. mm but as as the years have gone by you know the the, the, the the effect it gives you is it's unbelievable yeah it's it's a, like a natural therapy it's and know I always pull up on our instant that it's great for depression and anxiety I believe mm. it's a mental reset yeah it's fantastic really good
0: there's so much in that now like what from that what you're saying um the, the what's Stands out. What, what struck me in that is the, the gentleman who stopped mm. and then said, let's go back in, sure. like to take the time out of his day to do that with you. Mm-hmm. That's, I have tears in my eyes hearing you say that because the impact that that has on you, that the the goodness in him, mm-hmm. like this is a lot going on there, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is that thing again of like finding your tribe, I suppose.
1: Without a shadow of a doubt.
0: Do you know what I mean? And yeah. finding what you're passionate about and what kind of invokes you to be a better person, I mm. suppose. And when you find that, you'll find that the people that are around you while you're doing it are on the same wavelength. And, Without a and, shadow of a doubt. And you're all there to help each other, I suppose. Mm.
1: Well, when you go swimming, I mean, I, I, last week, I think I, I got seven swims in in 10 days. Up to last Sunday Seven swims in In ten Great. days And uh, I mean Occasionally with, with, with the dark with the It's getting dark At five, six o'clock mm-hmm. now I mean one, We throw sometimes A halogen light out On the 40 foot But you'd want to be with someone Doing a swim like that yeah. So we swim a couple of hundred yards Anyway You yeah, know But yeah. it'd be more like A splashing dash As opposed to A elongated swim Yeah But uh, Like in the summer months We would swim the buoys And things like that But What uh,
0: is this?
1: The... We swim out to the To the boys
0: Oh, yeah, okay. You know, yeah, out yeah, in the yeah, water, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the markers. Yeah.
1: But everybody, most people out there swim for well-being. Most mm. people. A very few people that are out in the forest would be triathletes, you know. Yeah. They would all be swimming for well-being. But I've noticed, Lydia, over the years, the amount of women that have gravitated to yeah. it. Way away the amount of men, mm. way away. Yeah. It's about sixty percent to forty. Yeah. Just you know, they tapped into the wellness to be derived from it, mm. and it's it's non-invasive. It's non-medical. It's not going down on a chart. This fella's on Prozac or whatever. Mm. You know, it, it's 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 you're tapping into nature. Yeah. So why wouldn't you give it a go?
0: Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? Uh, what I always um. Because I, I train amongst them. I do jiu jitsu in a gym amongst them. So we go to Seapoint after training yeah. uh, to get a dip in. And um, I remember we used to always go for obviously the 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 uh, to to regenerate uh, after training a hard training session. But I remember when I started going down there, and I would see older women that were like say in their late sixties, seventies, mm. and they'd be going in on a day like today, a winter's day, mm. not a bother on them. And you know, <laughs> I'm, I've I've always been very good, but I've I've been good with the cold. So I used to be grand, right, head first, straight in, and then just when you're in there, just do do your breathing and get focused and just be in the moments, and the pain passes. And some of the lads that we we're like, oh, I can't get in, I can't get in. The leaner they are, the worse there is. That's why I think I'm grand. they have plenty packing on me, <laughs> but uh, I'd be always looking at the women, and they'd be out doing their lengths and lengths, you know, and inspirational yeah you know what i mean not a bother on them and then they're out they dry themselves off and and off they go and they're there every single day yeah you know and it's like it's it's bigger than what it is oh yeah do you know what i mean it's bigger it's community it's it's something that brings young and old together it's hardcore Mm. like it is because it's like it's not an easy thing to do and you really have to you know, put your mind into action when you get into cold water, and you're breathing. And now we're seeing the surgence of, you know, like you're saying, health and wellness, and Wim Hof, and and breathing exercises, and and you know, overcoming depression, anxiety, all the 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 the, the negative attributes of the mind mm. by being in nature and being in water like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it, it for me, like. When you hit the cold water, like your endorphin level is rising, yeah. the serotonin level's coming up in the body mm. and it has a great like mental reset. Like yeah. the I mean the people in Finland nearly 200 years ago pioneered cold water swimming mm. as a way of combating depression and anxiety. And here we are in 2020. And it's come to, to I suppose, a bit of a crescendo at the minute where people say, oh, well, look, that we'll all go swimming. And now you go out on even Christmas Day now, and you'd be doing well if you got parking, if 20 minutes walk down the road. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But years ago, when you <laughs> went out there, even in the summer months, you could park anywhere. Yeah. It's definitely gained momentum. But it's brilliant. I mean, Mm. I love it. It's given me so much. But like you said, there's more going on. You know, when you do that, the community involved, everybody's there for the one reason. Mm. Like even sometimes we bring a cake from the cafe, we cut it up, we leave it on the wall. Just everybody comes up and takes a bit of cake. And one one says to me one day, I'm watching the figure. Listen, bro, I said, I'm in the wellness section. I can't help you, (laughs) you know. But then a few weeks later, my daughter... Was out with us And she yeah. actually She got it The last Full moon There was a full moon swim On the twenty fourth of uh, January And she's 12 She got in with me In a wetsuit Now she got into her chest You know Yeah And she didn't put her head down I know what I asked her yeah. But she said Daddy I'll go with you I said that's great really? And she threw on her wetsuit And she came with us But we brought a cake And we cut it up And she was going around With the cake And someone said to her Whose birthday is it And she goes it's no one's birthday, she said. We're celebrating community, oh and I thought to gosh. myself, Now, I didn't tell her to say that, Lily. Yeah. I didn't, but Jesus Christ, it's her own, it's her own. Oh, I don't start like getting all emotional. I can't me now. cry
0: every week on this goddamn team, that's so I, nice. Sorry, I,
1: I just you know that that there's who <clears throat> she's been affected by it, yes. Many, many people, like you said, that man man that helped me, lots of people have helped out other Mm. people because they they, they know when you're in that rancid mindset Mm. what's to be derived from it if you're just prepared to literally take the plunge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I I couldn't recommend it enough to people. And I Mm. always say to people, I don't know what good you're going to get from this. I don't. Mm. But I can guarantee you no harm will come to you.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And, and, it's it's if you're looking for a trade-off, it's a no-brainer. Mm. Give it a go. Why yeah. wouldn't you?
0: Mm. It's funny that you say that. Uh, uh, there's so many people that are in my life that are like, you know, I can see them in the the rat race. Mm. I can see them, you know, on the mouse wheel of life, and sure. you know, suffering because of it, and not knowing why they're suffering, and not knowing how to recenter themselves. And I, they all think that I'm like, you know, you're one here with her, her you know. They think I'm uh, the universe and all, but they're like, you're one here with spiritual bleed, Mystic Meg over here in the corner. They're always going on me, you know. But I'm like, when are you out in nature? When are you like taking an hour or two hours and you don't have a phone in your hand and you're just at one with nature and they're, they, they, they're not? in the week you mm. know what I mean and it will be at Christmas where they go for like a New Year's walk or Easter or something like that I'm like you have to you have to put it in and the thing about sea swimming is you can be out in and back home again within a half an hour <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. just jump in the car jump on the dark get off jump in you don't have to no makeup you don't have to be done up draw on your warm clothes mm. and how good you feel for me it's when I when I go in Jonathan and it's the cold of it. And I always get this thing when it's really cold that I say to myself, you're OK, you're OK, you're OK, you're mm. going to be fine, you're going to be fine. Mm. You're OK, you're OK, you're OK. Now, look, 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 see, see. And then it goes, sure. that 20 seconds and it's every single time. And it's only then when I realize I'm saying it. I'm always laughing to myself, like, what are you saying here? You know, yeah. you're OK, Liz, OK. But that um, in that moment, I have nothing else to think about. Sure. Yeah except I'm going to be okay Culture. and you're going to you're going to get through this moment of, of coldness here. So no matter what is going on, it's my escape from it. Mm. And then that feeling when you get out mm. and you're putting on your warm clothes and you have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or whatever it is, and that hour or two hours after, it's euphoric. It,
1: no, it is euphoric. Nothing,
0: nothing can, t- can touch it. Yeah,
1: you nailed it there. That's it, it's euphoric. Yeah. The payback for it, all year round swimmers is, is really from November to March, April, yeah. you know, because when the water gets warmer, right, you do go from enduring it to enjoying it, sure, more. Yeah. But the enduring gives you the better feeling. Yeah. You know, the colder, the colder the water, the better the feeling. Mm. You know, the endorphin level rises. Do you reckon that it would take 20 minutes of CV work, to, co- to equate to when you hit the cold water instantly.
0: Wow. For
1: your heart rate to come to that level. Because when you hit the cold water, your body's flinching. Yeah. But on the inside, the opposite's happening. Your, your heart, your valves are pumping to get blood to those parts of the body wow. that they think are in trouble. Yeah. And that's what gives you that feel good factor that people associate with, like, people who run over a 20-minute period or if you're on a treadmill or cross train or something like mm. that. But when you hit that water it's 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 instant yeah. that's why you'll see people out there and probably the younger swimmers swim regularly will be 40 50 yeah. but the older ones are all 60 70 mm. people even in their 80s 90s yeah
0: it's unbelievable
1: oh it's, it's great and like you said it's all community mm. it's great crack you know and there's no one looking who's wearing what who's dressed in yeah. what because we're, we're, all, all, de- too we're, we're all, all too cold we're all too cold to know, care <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah, listen there's a big persona now in the party. yeah
0: four. so I see where I would you be going oh yeah have L- you tested us? you
1: lose the run yourself <laughs>
0: yeah. notions 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 about yourself <laughs> but um, there is and also that there's that woman um, I, can't, I can't remember her name in Wicklow uh, Boston Is that Mm, what it is? mm. She's doing, you know, she's next to the lake. So you swim in the lake and then you get into the sauna. So listen, I am all for it. That's a day out. You know what I mean? An absolute day out. So how does it go from, you know, um, doing your once a week or a couple of times a month? How does it go to now you actually flying? Where are we going in two weeks? Norway?
1: Lake Bled, Slovenia.
0: Slovenia. For the ice championships?
1: It's the... International Winter Swimming Association World Championships. Right,
0: well, you're going to have to you're going to have to tell me how this came about. This is fascinating. Well,
1: well, I, 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 I was I was loving the cold water swimming so yeah. much that about and I like doing a bit of fishing. You know. Yeah. So I was up with these lads inside the Arctic Circle in the place Tromso, it's about three hundred and eighty clicks, I think, inside the Arctic Circle. Wow. And we went up to November to fish for cod. And uh, I said to one of the lads, I'm bringing me togs. He said, you're on your own. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I
1: said, I'm bringing them anyway. <laughs> right, he says, I'll take a picture of you anyway. So, I, okay. Yeah. okay. So, we went up there. Now, it wasn't wasn't particularly that cold for the Arctic Circle. It was about, it was the first or second week in November. It was about minus five or ten. Yeah. But the water temperature was around zero. But the, there were bits of ice in the water, but it wasn't frozen per se. So I just, just le- all the things I learned over the years in swimming in, mm. in the forty foot, but just took it extra careful. Walked in very slow, got my breath together. When I knew my breath was all right, it was only then that I actually left the shore per se. Yeah. And I swam, I don't know, probably fifty to hundred meters and back. And we didn't even turn the car off, left the heating on. I had a flask of coffee nearly necked, (laughs) you know, nearly scalded myself (laughs) with the coffee. But again, it it was, it was like pushing yourself to the limit because I want to be mentally and physically well for a man Mm of my years, you know. Yeah. And then, then two years after that, uh, my brother has a little one in Norway Mm. And uh, he was up visiting her And again it was in February That was in February And it was minus 15 It was really cold So up there at the fjords in Norway they have all these saunas around the fjords yeah. and you can go swimming. So right at the base where there's a Radisson Hotel there, right at the, the where it meets the, the centre of the town, mm. just the opera house to the left hand side. Opposite that there's uh, two saunas and uh, the four sauna was actually built from driftwood that floated in around the fjord and that fjord is, it's gin clear, it's crystal clear it's amazing so uh, I went down to swim that one morning it was iced over solid so we had to swim our way through the ice but on that day at about 10 o'clock that day I promised my little one I would bring her sledding so when I went down at 8 o'clock the sauna wasn't open and I said to my brother I'm going in here anyway I said I'll bring Lily sledding so I'm going to do it so I'm just going to get in and he said to me bro he said I love you But if something happens to you I can't help you You're (laughs) on your own I said I'm all right, (laughs) So I went down And I swam And that was Like I said The temperature outside Was minus 15 And it was The water was just below freezing It was ice over We swam through it And uh, again The feeling was incredible And then I seen this Ice swimming thing Coming up and for my age group I didn't have to qualify for anything I just needed to prove that I had two ice swims under my belt Yeah. And I sent them in the stuff And they accepted my thing And yeah, off wow. I go So I'm swimming in 55 to 65 year age group I was 57 a few weeks ago So uh, I'm very gonna, thanks you. very much I'm going to go ahead and smash it up
0: Brilliant, that's what we <laughs> like to hear yep. I've given my the best
1: shot You know, I've been training hard I've been doing 3-4 mornings in the yeah. gym
0: so how cold is this water now? So explain to our listeners what they do. They they Is it they cut it out of ice?
1: So so it's in Lake Bled. Lake Bled yeah. is fed from the Alps. Right. The Alps that run between Austria and Slovenia. Yeah. And it's Lake Bled. It's a beautiful, picturesque place. It's magnificent. Yeah. Wow. So last year it was held in St. Petersburg in Russia. Yeah. And this year they're holding it in Lake Bled. And so they, they cut it from the ice and they'll drop the pool in. But I don't know how heavy the ice is. It hasn't been that cold the last few weeks. There, mm. it's been a bit colder than here. About three or four in the day, but going to minus five or six at night. Yeah, which is a bit of an L stinger. <laughs> but
0: rather you than me.
1: It's fed. It's fed by the Alps. It's fed by the water running yeah. down from it's a spring from the Alps. It's fed from there no and way. The, from the snow from there. So we're, we're, we we a test swim on the Wednesday, and then we're swimming in the race I'm doing on the Thursday. I mean. So I'm going on for six days. We have a few days R and R and be lovely. Can't wait! I'm really excited about yeah, it now yeah, because I've left nothing behind. I've trained as hard as I could. Yeah, and like I said to me missus, I if if. I'd want to be retired to train harder than I have, yeah, you know yeah like i'm fifty yeah. well, i or'm not twenty seven
0: yeah but i've given I've given
1: them my best, and I'm looking forward to it
0: absolutely so then if you if you win you are you to win or qualify it's you have to get the fastest or what how does it how well is it well well
1: well the four swim, the four swim, on the fourth day is the non time discipline, yeah, it's just a cold water discipline, it's just a cold water swim. And it, it's in various age groups. Yeah. You know, so yeah. i be swimming with people my age. So yeah. th- there is the time on the race day. Yeah. But look, Lydia, I'm just going to give it my best. Yeah. You know, I I swim for myself. Yeah. I swim that I can focus in the world. I swim that I can not react if something's going on at home that doesn't suit yeah. me, that I don't lose my rag. Yeah. You know, yeah, I swim yeah, that yeah. I can be calm. mm and it stood to me and I'm going over here to swim be calm and enjoy it Absolutely. and if I come first or last it doesn't matter <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I,
1: I'll give him I'll give him my best shot and I'll enjoy it
0: yeah brilliant I wish I had a tricolor here I'd be waving it now go bring- on <laughs> I have me on I'm bringing
1: it
0: <laughs> hope they wrap it around you when you, you get in. you better believe it you <laughs> um, but it sounds like just such a, a massive journey for you this whole like you know
1: it has I think Sea
0: swimming Outdoors The resurgence Of just sort of Finding yourself I suppose
1: Yeah Well I mean Then Socrates said He said The unsurveyed life Is the life not worth living
0: Wow well, Say know,
1: that again for me The unsurveyed life Is the life not worth living Oh yes And there's very oh, few yeah. people Who can take Infantry of themselves
0: Yeah
1: If you look at yourself Even on a weekly Monthly Yearly basis mm. Sometimes I do it On a daily Hourly basis Look at your day How it's going You know mm. Accentuate the things that are going well double your efforts yeah. the things that you've done wrong may have said something wrong snapped at someone try and desist from it be less quick to anger yeah. all these things Yeah, you know and the swimming I suppose finding yourself all comes from I suppose just work it's a constant evolution mm. it's a constant working on yourself and you're never done with it yeah. never
0: in terms of um, I suppose like a faith do you, do you find that this is your religion or would you have, you know, I'm trying to get a sense of, um, would you have already been very spiritual before you found this way of life or is this whole kind of deep thinking on life and your actions and, you know, how we are daily, has that come as a result of it or was that something that you were always like or how you were um, always like?
1: I suppose like most people in Ireland, they're brought up Catholic, you know. Yeah. But, but as I grew up and I spiralled into an addictive situation, mm. I I would abandon any aspirations of yeah. faith, God. I, mean, I felt abandoned, essentially, yeah. you know. Mm. But now, now I suppose I would believe in a God of my understanding, mm. which w- w- would be a God that would nurture somebody, the same as a mother would nurture a child, yeah. you know, a loving relationship. It would be a non-conformatory thing. It wouldn't be like the church fire and brimstone. Not like that at all. Yeah. Be more like karma based by doing... Mm. And my wife always says that there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. Yeah. Never. Mm. And it would be a fate like that, you know. Yeah. I believe there is something out there without a shadow of a doubt greater mm. than us, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. But what it exactly is, I don't know.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's an interesting one. It's I always love hearing people talk about it because... It's everyone has a different understanding, sure, but also a same common threat. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people, you know, whether they, they do believe in, in, you know, it is Catholicism or it's Christianity or it's Buddhism or it's a different form of spirituality or whatever it is. It's all the same kind of understanding. Do good, be good, you know, and, and do the least amount of harm possible you know and try to be the best version of yourself every day there you go and i think you know once we i don't think that the i i think the the um what am i trying to say the beauty in that is the trying and and not necessarily because sometimes i get kind of caught up on it you know where i would be like Am I doing good enough? Am I being the best that I can be? And then I have to take stock and say, you're trying. You're actively every day trying to be better. So even if you're not as good as you can be on that day, Mm. at least you're trying to be better.
1: Yeah, I I, I think you pretty hit the nail on the head. And like, it is difficult to explain that. Yeah. Because for a lot of people, you're trying to explain the feeling. Yeah. And everyone's perception of that feeling is different. Mm. But I think the key is, Lydia, that you strive for progress. Yeah. And not perfection. Mm. Because no one attains perfection. Yeah. You know, but if you can progress in a spiritual way, Mm. you know, be mindful of other, like the simple things you can do. And I I believe that probably a lot of the young people probably lack this, Mm. you know, that. If, when you wake up, if the first thought to your mind is something else, mm. a constant thought of another person, even if it's, even if you have a dog, mm. I'm going to feed the dog first, rather than I'm going to look after myself. Yeah, It's just that one thing. You're starting off thinking about somebody else. Mm. Like I would try and get the kids a bit of breakfast out if I... You know, if they had a cereal bowl, they're going to school early or whatever, yeah. or I'd try and get a bit of the stuff ready. We've three dogs at home. I would always feed the dogs before I go out. I leave yeah. the food ready for the dogs if I'm going out really early. And even that one thing takes me away from being consumed with myself. Mm. So even that one thing, I feel that I've done something positive before I left the house. Mm. So, so you have to set your stall out. But that comes with experience. You know, people showed me how to think like that, mm. how to live like that, how to behave like that. You know, but it comes with that comes with work, comes with time. You know, a lot of young people today they're something consumed with themselves, consumed Mm. with social media. Yeah, you know, they're comparing themselves to things that aren't real and they're despairing over those things. Yeah, and it's BS,
0: it absolutely is. Can I talk to you about um, your addiction and Mm. the time period that you went through that? Mm. Um, What was now that you look back on it? what was the kind of stand out, I suppose, reason why you feel that addiction took over your life, or do you, do you think think back on that time as you can pinpoint it in one or two different things, or was it just a accumulation of life, environment, and different things that had happened?
1: Well, I suppose I mean I. I took a beating off a man I was 11 years old, you know, mm. and he punched me stupid, you know. And when that happens to a child, you know, you're stunting their growth. Yeah. And that's what happened to me. And that summer, my brother was a couple of years older than me, was having the drinks with a friend of his. Mm. And I decided, well, sure, I'll try that and see how it goes. Mm. And when I tried drinking that particular summer, mm. it anesthetized that pain I was yeah. feeling. So I progressed into it more and more and more. And before I knew where I was, it had me. Mm. I never saw the value of my wages. I never saw anything, Mm. you know, because I was blowing everything. But I didn't understand, Lydia, what was going on with me. So you're an the pain and the hurt within yourself. Mm. But you don't know what's going on because I was a kid. Yeah. You know, but uh, I met my wife when I was 18. Now we're still together today. Wow. Wow.
0: Congratulations.
1: Nine years later. Gulp she'd probably get the medal quicker than me (laughs) but uh, she's a great woman you know and how she stuck me I don't know Mm. but but I don't know I mean certain things like that have happened over the years mental stuff in trouble with the police all of this stuff I mean one thing that stands out in my mind is absolute lunacy but when I looked at it I justified it you know I'd be having a massive row over handing up extra money at home in the house Mm. and yet I'm not tight in any way but yet, I was buying drink for everybody in the bar mm. around me, you yeah. know. Big ego, but devoid of any spiritual well-being whatsoever. Wow, well, yeah. so, so a lot of things were coming my way, trying to wake me and shake me, mm. you know. And I couldn't see it. I yeah. couldn't see it. But I gave up the drink. 20, and I used to take tablets with drink and everything, you mm. know. So it was a mixture of everything. Yeah. Everything. But 21 years ago, I gave it up. And, uh, what, what
0: was the point, Jonathan? Like, I'm trying to get an understanding um, for maybe any of our listeners that will be maybe in the throes of it themselves yeah. or have family members that are in the throes of it themselves. And, you know, um, was it somebody else that you said, right, okay, this is the time I have to change? Or what, was it your own uh, your own self that said, right, like how bad did it get before you decided, right, I have, this has to stop? Or, or how did it come about?
1: Well, I suppose in the months prior to that, I, I suppose I was physically, spiritually, mentally just bankrupt in every every sense, yeah. you know, I had constant hassle, rows with people, rows with my wife, couldn't pay a bill, phone getting cut off, car on the verge of being repossessed, mm. all sorts of stuff, Like a, a litany of stuff. I mean, I like could be here for weeks telling you about it. Mm. It went on for years. But I met this fella and he said that he gave up the drink and he went for help with various things, you know. Mm. And um, he said, I can help you if you want. And I, I liked the vibe of this man. Mm. And uh, he he gave me, you know, a good bit of help. Fought, brought me to various help groups and things like that. Mm. And I totally gravitated towards that and I got myself right. But I, in fairness now, for the four, seven, eight seven, eight months that I stopped drinking, I didn't really put in any effort. Yeah. And uh, I went back drinking then. Mm. From about August to Christmas of that year. But from August to Christmas of that year was the worst of all. Mm. Because I was in a rancid stage. I was suicidal. I was carrying a rope around in my bag. I wanted to take my own life. It was horrendous. Now I had one child at the time. Mm. But I'd managed to save up a bit of money from the eight months that I wasn't drinking. Mm. And I brought my wife and child away we were away in Fort Ventura Mm. and they were playing on the beach together the two of them and I I'd look on that moment it's nearly a spiritual moment Mm. when I seen how happy they were playing without me and I thought to myself I need to either make a positive input in their life or to leave them alone fuck so I came back and I uh I gave it up for good
0: oh sweet Jesus
1: you know and I got lots of help and uh it was very, very difficult. The first days and weeks of that were very difficult. But the months to follow, that followed, I started to see a bit of light coming through. Fuck. I could pay bills, I sleeping better, all those things, you know. So you have to live life on life terms. You know? So when you give up anaesthetising your emotional state, you see everything in the world, you know. Yeah. You see the good stuff and mm. you see the shit. Yeah. And the shit can be pretty gruesome for some people to take, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, like I said, I was four months after drinking my best friend passed away with brain aneurysm. But I knew that if I didn't drink at that time or take pills at that time, mm. that I'd never have to, in fact, go back and do it again. Because no other excuse would justify that mm. when yeah. I didn't, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I kept myself right and, uh, yeah, life got progressively better.
0: That's such a... Uh, it got
1: easier. Easier. My 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 best day, my best day, you know, in drinking wouldn't even come close to any day I've had in sobriety, you know, wouldn't come close.
0: Wow,
1: that's you know? impactful, mm. guys. And like people are out there, nobody wakes up, nobody's born, Lily, and says, "I want to grow up and I want to be an alcoholic. Yeah. Or I want to grow up and I want to be a drug addict. Mm. I want to wake go out and take." You know, barbiturates or boy beds or diazepants. Mm. Nobody. Mm. You know, there's things that are driving people down this road. Mm. And it's my belief that people around my age have failed the generation of people. Wow. Because we're responsible for the people, of the youth. Mm. Same as responsible for the older people. Mm. You know, so we need to look at things. We need to look at ourselves yeah, and why are these people behaving like this? What have we created mm. that's making them want substance? Mm. You know, constantly to to a degree where they want to just get out of it. Mm. Not even in a social uh, connotation, say, but they just want to get out of their mind. You know,
0: God, that's so. Um, you're the first person that's been in here that has said that your generation has failed. The younger generation.
1: Oh, well, I believe. what well, the truth, I believe it to be the truth. Now, mm. people probably disagree with me, but are you entitled to your opinion? Uh,
0: and uh, do you know what? I don't want to say that I agree with you because I instantly mm. think of my own parents because they will be of y- y- the same age. And I, that, yeah. that's like child guilt that I have that I wouldn't... Um, I, I, <laughs> I would like to say that they've failed me. But I can definitely recognise how you could write down on paper how someone like your parents have failed you Mm. and you know when i think about even my own family um and uh, alcohol is everywhere
1: Mm.
0: alcohol is 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 everything is surrounded by alcohol Mm. you know what i mean like Funerals, Christmas, birthdays, uh, haven't seen you in a couple of weeks, like everything is alcohol. Mm. And I've, I've, like, I'm on the dry, as they say, (laughs) the last couple of months. And um, the world just seems like clearer for me because when I'm drinking and when I'm out, I become just like a sort of, I get into that sort of cycle of, you're just in it and you're not really seeing, you're in a bubble almost. You're not really seeing what's going on outside your own bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, that—that—that that's, that's what, was, what was happening with me. Um, but I always wonder, you know, a big thing for me and, and uh, a great book that I'm reading at the moment is called It Didn't Start With You. Mm-hmm. And it's all about generational trauma mm-hmm. and um, uh, habits and... Um, what we learn from those around us mm-hmm. and, and, and those that have gone before us that sure. are in our family and our environment. And it's a very powerful book and it, it's very much it's kind of like, you know, when you start going to therapy and you sort of realise, oh, so I can take a little bit of the pressure off myself. Like, yeah. of course I'm like this. Yeah, yeah, You know, it's like that kind of thing. I do, yeah. Um, And then also then when you have like I'm big on in terms of addiction with alcohol and, and drug addiction, I'm now in a place of compassion for everyone. So if someone is an asshole to me, when I go into wherever I'm, I'm buying and I'm like, what a fucking asshole. I immediately then go, okay, well, what has happened to them?"
1: Yeah, what's going on with them?
0: What's going on with them right <laughs> now? So then when you get into that, like, I eh, you're just like, <laughs> eh, you're just like, oh, I want to go in and give a hug. You know, it's a lovely place to be, but, you know, it could be exhausting as well. Mm-hmm. What has been the biggest learning lesson for you in all of your... Um, having an addiction and then being clean
1: what's oh that's a big one what's the biggest learning lesson yeah I suppose the biggest thing I've learned is to be I suppose be aware of other people yeah and probably the thing that saved my life more than anything else is pausing when I'm agitated Oh, <laughs> what pausing when you're agitated
0: pausing when you're agitated yeah Mm. you know yeah that's a difficult one I said
1: that to a solicitor one day (laughs) I said this fella said to me pause when you're agitated (laughs) ah yeah he said no I said the saying of that and doing it are very different yeah you know yeah but somewhere in between that's the balance you know they're aware of other people we're a little less consumed with ourselves Mm. you know we're aware of the needs of others yeah being more empty with other people yeah and uh It takes the focus off ourselves and uh, there's more harmony in the world when I'm not thinking of myself. Yeah. Definitely more harmony in my house.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you feel, I mean, it's a, it's a, maybe it is, it's a strange question, but do you feel in a way that you're glad that you went through that, that you experienced that?
1: A hundred percent. Not glad and delighted. Wow. A hundred percent. Because if you look, if I were given a choice To take the first 37 years of my life or the last 20.
0: Mm. I
1: take the last 20. Yeah. Because they're clear and they're honest and they're real. Mm. Where the ones went before, I was in trauma for most of those years. Mm. I didn't know what was going on with me. Yeah. You know, you're drinking and taking tablets on angst of something that was bestowed upon you. Mm. You know, that man, when he beat me, he robbed me. Yeah. He robbed me. God, he robbed me of my childhood but the man said to me he said I had a great opportunity to break a cycle of addiction in my own family by keeping myself right
0: yeah
1: and when he said that to me the honesty of that was like landing a breeze block on my mm. lap
0: yeah
1: and the enormity of that the like established a foundation within my kids mm. that'll be unshakable
0: yeah
1: that they can withstand anything be it exams or Pressures are anything, and withstand and mm. know it's going to be all right and I'm with them. Yeah. And their mother's with them. Mm. You know, that was a big thing. Mm. And it was those things men that went before me that kept me focused. Mm. Men and women.
0: Yeah. Equally. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask, did you do therapy? Did you go to counseling?
1: I did a little bit, but I yeah. wouldn't want the name or mm. that stuff. Yeah. You know, like I said, there's various types of help people can get. and there are it's not a case of one cap fits all it doesn't you know there's AA and NA Mm. there's holistic groups like I said there's there's groups that do nature therapy Mm. many many things there's yoga there's things that suit everybody yeah you know and everyone needs to find their own way I mean and I've sought lots of different things yeah but I found a good niche now and a good group of people and you know I hang with mostly like-minded people mm. and, and and I stay away from the things that would maybe start triggering things with yeah. me you know mm. it's like the fella goes into the barber shop you know yeah. and he starts oh I don't need a haircut I'm only with me mate but he keeps looking in the mirror he <laughs> said, maybe I'll get a bit off that you know Maybe a little trim there could yes. just... A little tweak here yes. or there. Yeah, yeah. you yeah.
0: so, know so exactly what you mean. I, and a lot of people will know exactly what you mean you, there you, with that. You,
1: you know? know, there are things I would stay away from. Yeah. No I wouldn't be approved. I'd go out. Yeah. And I I live a really happy, full life. Mm. I do. i go out. I mean, I'm always out. Yeah. But I'm out doing stuff. Yeah. Positive stuff.
0: Do you find you have a lot of people coming to you knowing that you've gone through that and saying, you know, like can you give us a hand or any advice? And, you know, I know you're doing the swimming or, mm. you know, do you find that because you've had, we'll say, the help and hand of people, mm. not only with the swimming mm. or different things in your life, do you find that now you're naturally inclined to be like that because you've seen the impact that it's had, that other people have had on you?
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd like to think so. Mm. I'd like to think so. Uh, a lot of people tend to gravitate Towards the cafe. Yeah. Um, the main reason, like, we, we, we set up the Instagram was, I suppose it was a vehicle for the cafe, but it's become more a vehicle for, I suppose, well-being and what I perceive to be things that would benefit people. Yeah. Do you know? And as a result of that, a lot of people do come into the cafe yeah. to speak to me about stuff, you know? Mm. And I suppose... It, I would only help someone that I feel I could help. Mm. I wouldn't try and help. So- and I was always trying and recommend a woman to get help from another woman. Yeah. Because people are vulnerable in uh, in, in those situations. Yeah. And a man would probably gravitate more towards the man, you know. And yeah. if I wasn't in a position to help someone, I would tell them. I've yeah. no experience that, but maybe this person could help you. Yeah. Like I would know lots of different people in lots of areas that could help. People would be, you know, uh, more, say... You know, fluent and things like NA and things like that, yeah. which I wouldn't really know mm-hmm. a lot about that stuff. But I would know people who I could put yeah. people in contact with, which
0: is which is just as important. Yeah, oh,
1: well, of I will never shadow me out. So uh,
0: being a safe haven for people that they know yeah. they can come to you and ask, say, listen, can you point me in the right direction?
1: I and suppose. a fair few people. A fair few people come to our house as well in the same type of uh guise we put it. Yeah. And my wife always feeds them, you know. <laughs> and uh, that always calms the soul. Yeah. And yes. sometimes my wife would be sitting around the oil, and it, when everyone had gone. There's people in our house most every night. Yeah. Outside the family members. Our house is very like that. Yeah. And sometimes she said like, you know this. Open and close sign. Did yeah. you leave the sign on?
0: <laughs> you know,
1: and we laugh about it. <laughs> but I just delighted that our house and the cafe yeah. is a vehicle for people. Yeah, they can be, I suppose, useful in a contribution to society. Yeah,
0: but how lovely is that? How lovely to have a home that people can feel that they can just, you know, pop in and have a cup of tea or it's a, it's a, I always think like for someone to say, I'm going to drop up now and see Jonathan and the missus and mm. see how they're doing. That's a lovely quiet as opposed to, oh, <laughs> I'm not going up there.
1: Well, well, uh, during, uh, at Halloween there, my son who's the nurse was over visiting somebody else who was Working as a midwife yeah. In Kenya And he went over But this is the type of house air house is Lydia Yeah His two mates Including one of the lads From Versatile Rang me up Now my son's friends <laughs> Rang me Jono Can we come up to the house For Halloween There's always a good curry Going on a few fireworks
0: <laughs> Right lads
1: And said Fire away and they all came up
0: brilliant
1: and there were loads of kids and loads of fireworks and yeah. loads of you know yeah. stuff a bit curry for everyone yeah and uh, might
0: get your address before you go no or bother. I won't you're mind welcome. the curry you're welcome
1: <laughs> yeah no no I, I, I I'm really I'm I'm humbled that our house is like yeah. that I am mm. and uh, my wife's mother's house was like that mm. uh, during during the All Ireland football, but the matches were on Sunday morning. The door would be open to be mm. a Friday for everyone. Who wouldn't matter who called, who you'd yeah. with you. It was yeah. a real Dublin household. Yeah. And I suppose we, we got a lot of things from that. John and Lily were their names. We got it from them. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, well. help behave right and behave yeah. in your community properly.
0: Yeah, my grandmother's house was like that. Yeah. Um, She had nine, I have nine aunts and uncles and, uh, you know, they grew up in like a two-bedroom house in her city in Waterford and her door was revolving, you know what I mean? Like, you just hear the key in the door open. He was like, all right, what's the story? Cousins, brothers, uncles, aunts, a whole lot of them in. And before you know, on a Sunday afternoon, there's 12 of you standing around the the stove and you're, (laughs) you're dipping bread in the stew or a cup of tea is going or... Do you know what I mean? And that is, I I believe that like my all the warmth and all the love for um, togetherness that I have is from that house. I truly believe it because of how special it was to me when I was when I was um, a child growing up, sure. and to have yeah. that safety and like you know to hear all the conversations that are going and the banter and you know because the, there were so many of them. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, you know. So I love it now when I, when I'm uh, even in, in my friend's house, you know, especially with them all having kids now and stuff, and you know, seeing them get excited when mum and dad's friends come over. Do you know stuff like yeah, that? You'd go yeah. tea and have a little mess with them. Yeah. It's just so important, isn't it? Togetherness, everyone being together.
1: Well, this this Saturday, my wife type of has all her aunts. When her mother passed away, uh her mother her father passed away fifteen years ago and her mother passed away twelve years ago but since then every year or not not exactly every year but most every year say ten hours the last twelve years, mm. my wife will have a bit of a clan gathering yeah, and all the aunts, uncles, grandparents, nieces, the whole lot will come to my house. So it's this Saturday, it's all, I'll be mean, mental. For and and the, it's all called Moony Night. And everyone's no looking way. Everyone's looking forward to it. Yeah. And it's always mayhem. And yeah. the kids love it. Yeah. And they're all going, when's Moony Night going on? When's, it's always January. So Caroline picked January for the Moony Night as a way of, I suppose, getting everyone together, lifting yeah. the spirits after the Christmas. Everyone's yeah. feeling a bit flat in January. and yeah. Just try and give everyone a sp- so everyone's really <laughs> lifting the spirits. Well listen, there'll
0: be a few listeners now. What's that address? Saturday We're all heading night. up for moony Night, Saturday night. <laughs> Saturday, I'm in.
1: Saturday night for moony night. Be up the flats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you very much. That was a, a really a, a great chat. Very insightful. You're welcome. Um, I wish you all the best on your travels.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: you're a mad bastard but fair play to you i
1: have got to take of as a compliment an
0: absolute the highest form of compliments absolutely Good um to me. but uh, yeah the fair play to you and um you know hopefully someone listens to this and they get inspired to go out there pack a beach bag and jump into the ocean
1: yeah well. and
0: uh experience everything that you were talking about here thank you and listen we'll be up for a cup of coffee Ernesto's Wait, no. what, what street is it on in Mines?
1: It's, it's lower Ratgar Road opposite the Garda station
0: is that by the Tesco
1: around the corner beside the Bombay Pantry
0: I know it well it's only down the road for me I'm only, I'm only beside
1: our neighbour Andrew Dunham personal health
0: very good right we'll be up I'll definitely be up to you soon for a cuppa um, thank you very much for coming in you're welcome I you. really appreciate it that was a great chat alright darling and um, we'll see you soon John Jonathan Smith for The First Exchange